Hey there, welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. I am Rich, also known as the Rich Beat of the people that follow me on social media, but you're my friend, so you can just call me Rich. We are so grateful that you are here. So before I even get started, I just want to once again say thank you for helping us to be a top 1% podcast with almost now 51,000 downloads. That is unbelievable. We do this just for fun because we love it, because we love communicating with you. So shout out to all my people on social media that follow me. Thank you so much. And definitely shout out to all of our Canderpath family. You all are amazing and we're so grateful to have you. I'm part of the Canderpath family. We are so grateful that you are part of this journey. So today I want to talk a little bit about wealth, but not the kind of wealth that Canderpath talks about quite a bit because they really know their stuff when it comes to wealth. Trust me, they do. I know this firsthand. I want to talk about the real wealth and the real wealth lies in your health. If you want to be wealthy, you better be healthy. That's about as close to like Eminem as I'm going to get, (laughs) but it is absolutely the truth. Now, John and Matt tease me a little bit because I'm 56 and I work out a little fit, you know, if you're watching, look, look, oh, this, maybe this will end up on one of the thumbnails when they put the Canderpath thumbnails for social media. Let's do this one. Ready? All right. See, so I got a little muscle for my, those of you that can't see, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you were denied the opportunity of seeing my fitness, my level of fitness, but in all, in all sincerity, I take my fitness and I take my health really seriously, probably for a couple of serious reasons too. First of all, As we've shared in an earlier podcast on our first season, John, Matt, and I all have in common that we lost our fathers at young ages. Our fathers died at young ages, and we were quite young when our fathers passed away. I was about 23, just on, just, I think I just turned 23. John and Matt also were very young when their fathers passed away. That leaves an imprint on you, especially as, as you age, you start to realize like, oh my gosh, you know, like, wow, you know, I'm getting older too. My father passed away. He was 59. I'm 56. Sometimes it blows my mind a little bit to think that in three years, I will be the same age that my father was at the time he passed away, which is a very sobering thought, if you will. So I've always taken my fitness seriously for that reason. I, you know, I, I saw that my father, you know, he was a smoker, overweight that, that did or didn't contribute to his passing. I'm not sure, but I just took my fitness and my health very seriously from a very young age. And then maybe a little bit of vanity because especially when I was young and single, kind of wanted to meet the girls and impress them a little bit, you know, but I, I ended up with probably the most beautiful, amazing wife in the world. So I don't know if it was my fitness or I just have a really great personality and thinking it's the personality, but a lot of people, to be honest with you, and I kind of have shied away from this. I, we, we did a little bit of a talk on back in one of our other podcasts, check this out, 55 and fit. It was when I was 55 and fit. I guess we weren't sure if I was going to make it to 56. <laughs> Surprise, but I did. And in that talk, I shared a little bit of kind of my workout, health, what do I, why I do what I do and all these different kinds of things. I I feel that this is an important conversation to have. I know a lot of people that listen to me are Generation X and Boomers, and I also know that a lot of the Canderpath family. I know a lot of you all. Some we have some retire some folks that are retirees, some folks that are going towards that. But it doesn't matter if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, or eighties. It's super important that we have this conversation about our health, and I just want to share with you a couple of the things that I do now. 
Uh, to be clear, I am not giving medical advice. Any of the advice that I give you, please do not take it as direct medical advice. Please make sure that you check with your healthcare practitioner, your physician, your nurse practitioner, your PA, anybody that's taking care of you if you are on any medications or have any chronic illnesses or disease processes at all, certainly if you're on any medications, anything that I share with you, make sure you run it past your physician first. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just sharing with you what I do. And if some of it appeals to you or sounds doable for you, check with your doctor, see if she agrees with it, and then move forward. So that being said, so that you know, because this may not be clear, we may not have said this enough. I'm a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse since 1993. And I love being at the bedside back in the day. I used to take care of critically ill children. I was pediatric oncology. I was pediatric ICU. I was a trauma nurse. I was a flight nurse. I ran an emergency department and a trauma center. And then I was a director of risk management and patient safety. I work for an amazing company right now where I get to speak all over the world. Actually, I can say the world now because it was North America before the United States and Canada, but just recently I spoke for Italy and Ireland, which I wish I was there, but it was virtual. That still counts though, but someday I will be there. I love what I do and I love health and I love healthcare. I just want to share with you a couple of things that I do. So first and foremost, you have to make sure to get some sleep. I know sleep is a big thing for people. Many of us struggle with sleep. I have had some ups and downs with sleep. Many years ago, I was traveling so much and on so many different time zones that I, I just wasn't sleeping, but I really was struggling with sleep. Without calling out any particular names of medications or anything, I was prescribed a sleep medication. So I took it for a while. It helped, but I just didn't love it. I just didn't love that I was on it. And here's what really got me. When I got off of it, I had withdrawal. It was really bad and it freaked me out a little bit. So I really tried to learn as much as I could about sleep. There are some experts. There are some great YouTubes. There are some uh, great influencers, great scientists that can give you much more of a scientific lean on this. I am only sharing, once again, this is one person's personal experience, some things that have worked for me. Number one, you got to have a cool room. Uh, you know, I know we're all trying to save money these days on the AC. I saw my AC bill and I was like, that was basically what my first car cost. <laughs> so I was in shock. But you got to have a cool room. This is what some studies have shown. You can Google and look all this stuff up. Have your room as cool as you can take it. There's a reason why we wake up at three in the morning. You know, you know, now some people think it's because that's when the ghosts are coming out. Now that might be true, but oftentimes it's because I've learned that is a, a period of time when hormonally and circadian rhythm and all these kinds of things come into play where our body temperature starts to go up a little bit. And so when our body warms up is when we wake up. I guess it's been built into us, right? I mean, back in the day before there was alarm clocks and electricity. And did you know, by the way, this is just a sidebar. Did you know that people really started having sleep problems when clocks were kind of invented and out? Did you know this? Before, think about it, before there were clocks, when, when did we go to bed? When it was dark. When did we wake up? When the sun came up. So when it's dark, it's cooler out, right? When the sun comes up, it starts to warm up the environment. This makes sense. So I think this is kind of built into our body. This is kind of built into our into who we are. So if you have a cooler room, that's going to help you with sleep. Something like I have a ceiling fan in my room. I have air conditioning. I live in Florida. I couldn't survive without it because I'm a wimp. I, you know, by the way, it's funny, John and Matt would probably laugh at this, but I remember not having air conditioning growing up in Miami until I was in third grade. I can remember them installing the air conditioning at my house in third 
grade. So man, I how did I survive all those years, right? In Miami and the heat. It was with the windows open. <laughs> That's how I survived. But I have a ceiling fan, air conditioning set. One thing that I've added is I went on Amazon, waited till there was a sale, and I bought one of those standing I don't know. It's they're elongated. The word just ex- went out of my brain. But a standing fan, they're kind of an elongated fan, not the round one. And I kind of keep it fixed so that the the breeze of the fan, it's on the side of the bed where it blows across our legs. So my wife and I, so it kind of blows from like weight, like stomach down. Like, you know, that's where the, the airflow goes, not blowing in your face because certainly if you have allergies or if you have any kind of congestion issues or anything like that, that can get in the way. So it blows across your body to keep you cool. I have got to tell you that when we added that, we both noticed she's got sleep problems too. My wife is like a super energetic, high energy kind of person. We both noticed that our sleep improved. But what I really noticed was I am not waking up in the middle of the night as much. Now I'm going to get to that being a man waking up in the middle of the night. We're going to have that uncomfortable conversation in a moment, but not waking up as much. Second thing, get your room as dark as possible. So cool room. Second thing, as dark as possible. Shout out to John F. Kennedy, my buddy, one of our partners here, one of the Candor Path legends, and definitely one of the above board with Candor Path hosts, John Kennedy, because he knows that I am so not handy came over and helped me hang blackout curtains on three windows in my room. So he came with his his powerful drill and I was very helpful. I held the ladder and I amused him and shared with him anecdotes and jokes as I sipped my coffee. But he came in, helped me out, and we hung up these blackout curtains, darkened the room significantly. That night was one of the best nights of sleep that I have had in a long, long time. Next thing, keep down the blue light. Keep down the blue light before you go to bed. I know we like to read on our iPads. I know we like to scroll through our phones. I don't have it with me right now. It's in the other room. But I bought a pair of blue light blocking glasses. They're very cheap to get on Amazon. I think I found a deal. It was three for $11.99. Seriously. And they even this one even gave you a little test thing where you have like this little blue light flashlight and a card. And it shows you, you know, that you put the blue light on the card and the card changes color. But when you put it through these glasses, it doesn't. This has actually been shown in many, many studies to help you with being able to fall asleep. So some people will tell you, cut out any screen time an hour to two hours before you go to sleep. That's what I've read. That's what I've seen. I do try to cut down on my my blue screen time before I go to bed. But what I've also done is bought blue light blocking glasses from Amazon because I like to read. It helps me calm my mind. It helps me learn. I, I read both fiction and nonfiction. This is just a little trick that I've learned. I start when I'm reading. If you read before you go to bed, I start with nonfiction. So right now I'm reading a book on consulting and marketing and and trying to learn some some really kind of like high-end things. And then I switch over to fiction. So I'm reading a book now because I love all the books about like, you know, dragons and and all that kind of stuff and fantasy books. So I'm reading all about, you know, the swords and the magic wands and the wizards. And that just kind of helps chill my brain out a little bit. All right. So going fast, but once again, let me review a couple things really quick. Cool down your room, darken your room, minimize your blue light or screen time or cut it back significantly. If you get up to use the restroom frequently in the middle of the night, a lot of people that I follow, Andrew Huberman and a bunch of other brilliant genius scientific experts 
Talk about cutting down on how much you drink before you go to bed, how much water you drink, et cetera, how much liquids you take in before you go to bed. Some of them are pretty radical. There's that guy, his name's, uh, wow, I just forgot his name, Brian. I don't know. The one that spent two million, look this up on YouTube. He's spent $2 million on de-aging, like he's reversing his ages. Brian Johnson. I think it's Brian Johnson. Yes. I think his name is Brian Johnson. Fascinating guy. He's doing, he's using himself as a laboratory. He, I think I read he stopped drinking water at like 3 or 4 p.m. He drinks a lot of water through the day. Now, John Kennedy drinks a gallon of water a day. I don't. I don't. I have, here's my water bottle. But I, I come close to that now. I don't know if I feel comfortable cutting out water at 3 p.m., especially in the heat and especially with all I'm doing. I'm pretty active. But what I've started to do is I've cut down. This is me personally. I pretty much stop drinking water around 6 to 7 p.m. So I make sure I get in enough during the day, but then I really, really cut it down. If I'm super, super thirsty or if I eat a snack or something, I will take a sip or two of water. But I try to cut it down, and it I've noticed that it's really helped me a lot. So darken room, number one. Number two, cool down the room. Actually, it was cool down the room, dark the room. The order doesn't matter. You can do it whatever order you want. Number three, cut down blue screen time. Cut down your screen time. Get some blue blue light blocking glasses. And last but not least, cut back a little bit if you can, if you can tolerate it, on your fluids. Again, with all of this, especially the fluid part, check with your docs depending on what you're doing. Now I want to move into also what you're watching and what you're paying attention to before you go to bed. So like I said, I read nonfiction, so I learn, and then I move into fiction to kind of get my brain into that like sleepy fantasy mode, if you will. Make sure you're not watching like the real crazy hyper stuff. Like I'm just thinking, you know, watching Reacher on Amazon Prime right before you go to bed, whether it's action packed and, you know, John Wick part seven or whatever, these things really stimulate your brain a lot. Try to chill your brain out with what you watch. Watch some light comedy. Watch some things that are easy to watch. Watch a documentary. Something that doesn't create a lot of of getting your heart rate up quite a bit. So super important. There's many, many other things that will help you with sleep. Again, I'm not telling you to take a supplement, but I have learned that for myself, magnesium glyconate, hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly as a registered nurse. That'd be embarrassing if I'm not. But there's lots of different magnesium supplements, but magnesium glyconate is what I take. And I've noticed that this this has helped me significantly. Now, once again, please, especially if you're taking any kind of cardiac medicines, check with your doctor before taking any supplements. You heard me say this, all right? I take it. It helps. It makes you very drowsy. It really does work. Sidebar note, it gives you some funky dreams. Yes, if you take magnesium supplements, many people have reported it gives them some kind of crazy dreams. It really kind of causes your dream state. I, I get some very lucid, weird, crazy dreams. So there, if you, Hey, maybe you're looking for that, right? It's way better than like going to like the Amazon and, and like drinking some weird tea and tripping the whole time or not. I don't know. Not recommending either, but for sure, magnesium supplements have been, been shown to help us naturally kind of relax again before any supplements. You heard me say it, check with your doctor. Okay. So Sleep. We've covered sleep. You've got that. You've got that. Go rewind if you want to listen to that again. But I'm going to tell you that if you were going to do one thing today, get your room dark and make sure that you cool your room down. I bought a fan to kind of cut down a little bit on the AC usage, and that fan has cooled our room significantly. Now I want to move on to a couple of things that how I eat. Now, again, this is specific to me. You can go online and if you ever want to start an argument 
online, which is really easy to do because people love to argue with strangers online. Just throw out there in any kind of nutrition or vid- or video on nutrition or fitness or workout, throw out a very strong one-sided stance on diet. Like just go out there and go, if you're not eating keto, you're an idiot, or you got to be vegan to stay healthy, or the best diet in the world is the Mediterranean diet. That's the best way to get people to get mad at you because people will, I think people will fight over how you eat more than they will fight over politics sometimes, or it's at least number two. I sort of eat a high protein, lower carb diet. I learned this from Tim Ferriss. He calls it a slow carb. I'm kind of a mix of carnivore, keto, Mediterranean, and slow carb. But I've got to tell you, and I mean, there you go. That's, I got, I'm flexing the bicep right now. All right. So I'm just, I'm fit for my age. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not, I am taking no anything. I'm not on any testosterone supplements. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I weigh as of today, 161.2 pounds and I'm just under 5'10". And I'm low body fat. I haven't had my body fat a officially measured, but I'm in the lower body fat range. I'm actually going to be going to a float tank. Actually, I'm going to drag John Kennedy to do that. We're not going to do it at the same time. That 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 would be weird. Plus, it would throw off our body fat. It would look cute though if we were both floating in the little the little pod together. <laughs> John, I don't know if Matt would do it. Matt's got a boat. He just floats in the ocean. He doesn't need that stuff. But I eat that I kind of eat a mix that way. Here's what I'd want to just share with you. Many studies have shown that a higher protein diet, especially as we age, is optimal. Now, I can't get into the weeds on protein and how much. For building muscle, the numbers vary, but they usually say about one gram per pound of body weight per day. So for me, let's say 162 pounds, I need to eat 162 grams of protein a day. That could be hard to get, to get in, but I, I do it. I, I eat egg whites with a few egg yolks. I eat, I learned this from Alex Hormozzi. My wife is so wonderful. She'll help me meal prep. I will get ground chicken or ground turkey or ground lean beef and like kind of stir fry it with peppers and with mushrooms and with onions and with garlic. And then that's what I'll eat off of for the day. Uh, you can almost go like a pound of ground beef per pound is I think close to like 80 or 90 grams of protein. I could be getting that wrong, but it's close to that. It, it You'd have to just measure it. I went through the whole scale of measuring things. So I just want to tell you that unless you have any kidney problems or any dietary issues, again, your health could be different than my health. Check with your doctor, but leaning towards a slightly higher protein and whatever protein works for you, if it's chicken, if it's steak, if it's fish, if you're vegan and you want to get your protein from beans whatever or vegetarian, whatever you want to do. But I lean towards a higher protein because I lift weights and I want to put weight on. Now, I also will occasionally do this. I'm holding up my whey, W-H-E-Y, protein powder. Okay, I'm flexing while I'm holding it. I didn't even mean to do that. That's just, see, look, as soon as you hold whey, your arms get bigger. Just kidding. I'm holding up my whey protein powder. Now, people will fight about protein supplements. Once again, check with your doc, but I do supplement with whey protein. I will get some milk and some ice and put it in my Ninja and pour in a scoop of that. I also use some powdered peanut butter. You can get that. It's like peanut butter, but it's in powdered form. It's just peanuts. There's no sugar. There's nothing else. I will add that and make a a shake. This thing is per one scoop is like 24 grams of protein, which is great. 
I'll only do that if just my day has been so busy and I haven't been able to get my protein in, but I try to take in a lot of protein. Here's another thing that's super important. We already talked about this hydration. Notice this is my water bottle that says gratitude. I'm holding up my yellow gratitude water bottle. Make sure you're getting in a ton of water. Andrew Huberman, somebody that I follow a lot, talks about putting lemon and salt in his water. Now, again, this is all going to be particular to you, especially, you know, if you've got a high sodium intake, but I do put in a small little pinch of Himalayan sea salt. Can you hear that? Himalayan sea salt. Oh, this is like that. What's that? ASMR where you have the sounds. <laughs> That's the sound of salt from the Himalayas. I wonder if it's really from the Himalayas. You think they could be lying? product of Pakistan. Maybe, oh, maybe it is. I always wondered if that was just like a lie. Apparently it is. Okay. You know, no, hit me up if it's, if it's not, but I use Himalayan pink sea salt. I put a little pinch and then I squeeze some lemon juice in it. And that's what I drink first thing in the morning before my morning coffee. Andrew Huberman taught me that you know, hydrate before your coffee, get a little sunlight in your eyes and go outside, let the dog out, stand out there for a few minutes, drinking water with a little bit of salt because we're dehydrated when we wake up, especially if we've been holding off on water for a while before we go to bed, right? So that little bit of lemon, you get that, that, that good stuff. You get some vitamin C. If you've ever had kidney stones, what I've read, there's been some studies that have shown that lemon juice helps kind of reduce and cut back on your risk of kidney stones. That that study, those studies are back and forth. My urologist kind of laughs at that a little bit. But I've noticed that since I started doing this, because I've had a history of kidney stones, things have gotten a lot better for me. So water in the morning is super important and drinking water throughout your day. I put in a little pinch of sea salt, a little squeeze of lemon. Uh, make sure that if you're getting labs done, they make sure that your sodium levels are okay. You can do away with the, the salt. You can do away with the lemon. Just make sure you're getting in the water. As far as other diet things go, I'll just hit on one thing pumpkin seeds. Now, remember I talked about for men, especially that have to get up in the middle of the night, pumpkin seeds are super high in zinc. So a quarter cup of pumpkin seeds gives you 20% of your zinc, gives you 35% of your magnesium, 4% of your potassium, and 10% of your iron for women, especially that's super important. But that high zinc is very important, especially for men for our prostate health. I this could be placebo, but I've noticed that since I have added pumpkin seeds to my daily diet, I eat a couple of handfuls a day. I put them on my oatmeal. I eat them as a snack before I go to bed. I have to be honest, that combined with kind of pushing back a little bit on the water before I go to bed has truly cut back on the amount of times I get up in the middle of the night to pee. Not to be TMI, but you know, for us men, especially in our 50s and so, it could be two, three, four times. I think we've joked around, John and Matt and I have talked about this. I am maybe getting up once a night. And usually that's towards the morning when I would be almost getting up anyway. Like sometimes it's 4.35 in the morning. So it's still, it's late in enough so that I've gotten in enough sleep early enough so that I can still fall back asleep. So I have found that pumpkin seeds have been a great addition to my diet. Plus, I like the way they taste. You can get them however you want. Speaking of pumpkin seeds, you know, you can just go straight to the source. You can get some pumpkin. This is 100%, I'm holding up a can, 100% pure pumpkin. Sidebar, and pay attention to this, ladies and gentlemen, do not get canned pumpkin pie. Well, I mean, you can, but that is not going to be healthy for you. Y'all might as well just make a pumpkin pie and just get some whipped cream and put it on there. 
but this is not pumpkin pie. This is literally the ingredients on this say, and I'll read you the ingredients. Ingredients. Pumpkin. Did you hear that? That's all that's in here. Canned pumpkin pie has sugar and cinnamon. It's delicious, but I'm talking about just canned pumpkin. How can you eat this? There's a lot of different ways, but I'll tell you, I make oatmeal. I usually have oatmeal once a day. Sometimes I have it later at night and I've noticed that it's it's worked well, even though I eat a quote unquote lower carb diet. My body still craves carbs. I still want it. Carbs are still good for you. I'm not in the, in the um, I don't have the belief that carbs are quote bad. Fats aren't bad. Carbs aren't bad. Protein isn't bad. It's just how you balance and what you have to do. And everybody's body is different, right? Some people respond really well to low-carb diets. Some people don't. When I've gone strictly low-carb, I've had a mix of results, but it's it's hard on your kidneys when you're going straight like all protein. So anyway, I do eat, pro- I do eat oatmeal. That's another food that I eat. I put a scoop of pumpkin, usually a couple of tablespoons, into my oatmeal. I now this might not be super healthy. Some some people are going to come at me for this, but I use brown sugar truvia. So it's the 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 truvia that comes from the plant. So it's not sugar, but it tastes like brown sugar. So you get really low calories, really no, no sugar, right? So I will make oatmeal, put a handful of pumpkin seeds, a handful of walnuts. Walnuts are great for you, high in omega threes. Handful of walnuts, some truvia, brown sugar, cinnamon. Cinnamon is also great for you, but you have to make sure that you are getting the Ceylon cinnamon, C-E-Y-L-O-N, not the cassia or cassia cinnamon. That is the common cinnamon that everybody gets. That could be very unhealthy for you. Go Google it and look it up. I don't have time to go through all that. Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N is a healthier version of cinnamon, right? You put a little bit of that in. That helps with blood sugar balance. It's an anti-inflammatory. Pumpkin is a superfood get that. Pumpkin is a superfood, but it's also seasonal. So it's hard to get like natural pumpkin all the time, except unless it's Halloween, right? But get some 100% pumpkin and mix that in. Pumpkin, if you don't know, it's very, it's, it's sort of a not such sweet version of sweet potato. That's what I would say it tastes like. But when you mix it in with the Truvia brown sugar and some pumpkin seeds and some cinnamon and some walnuts, you mix it into oatmeal, it's like a dessert. It really is. It's, it's really good. It's a superfood high in nutrients, high in manganese, high in zinc, high in some really, really good stuff. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's good for your heart and good for your brain. So speaking of anti-inflammatories, these are two supplements that I take that I'm really big on. I take Mega Red Super Omega Krill Oil. So it's omega-3 oils. You don't want omega-6, you want omega-3s. Again, any supplements, check with your doctor. Everybody's different. I've had a history of an I inherited Thank you. I wish I could say I'd inherited a fortune, but I inherited peripheral vascular disease. <laughs> and many years ago, I actually had a DVT, which is called a, a deep vein thrombosis in my leg, almost died. That was awesome. And then came to find that much like my father, I have really just genetically bad circulation in my legs. So if you ever see me in the gym and I have skinny legs, no, I'm not skipping leg days. It's just really hard for me. And I actually am going through it. My leg is actually up right now. I have something called post-thrombotic syndrome, which is after you've had a deep vein thrombosis because of the scarring and the injuries to the blood vessels, you can have some pain and some swelling and stuff to your leg. So I get that, especially in my left leg. Again, for 16 years, I have traveled extensively, flown for millions of millions of miles. So that didn't help very much. Now I stay in shape. I keep my weight down. I do all the things, but we all have our, our 
things that we're dealing with, that happens to be something that is just a chronic condition that I have. It's not curable. Probably at some point going to have some, some procedures or something done with that. But because of that, I am on blood thinners. So that's why I'm very careful with what I do. And I do take a couple of supplements that can mess with your blood thinners, but I've checked with my doctor and I've gotten my labs drawn pretty frequently. I take krill oil, which is omega-3s, fish oil. I do krill, go research it yourself, but krill, it, it's just a, it's sourced differently than from big fish. There's some risk of, I'm sorry, there's some risk of, wow, the word just went right out of my head. I am so embarrassed. Why did I just forget this word? What is the, the I, now I feel embarrassed. I, I just forgot it, man. And this is going to mess up the whole, the whole thing. Oh my gosh. There is mercury. Thank you. Sorry. I apologize. High mercury and big fish. So the bigger the fish, the higher the mercury because the fish is older and bigger. And they've just found that with krill, it's a little bit less. You want to just make sure, just do your own research. Okay. So I'm just telling you what I do. I take omega-3s, great for your heart, great for your brain. Um, but could have a blood thinning effect. I also take garlic supplement. Also good for your cardiovascular, but also could have a blood thinning effect. So make sure you check with your doctor, especially if you're on blood thinners, but that's what I take. And I also take something called turmeric curcumin. So turmeric is what gives the yellow color to curry. It's a spice. Um, if you're watching this, most people aren't watching this on YouTube. We don't get a lot of YouTubers, but I might put this on YouTube. This is this is what it looks like. So that you can even see the yellow color of it and you can kind of smell it a little bit. This is the brand I use. It's from Innovix Labs, I-N-N-O-V-I-X Labs. You want to make sure that if you're ever taking a turmeric curcumin supplement, that it also has black pepper supplement in it because that helps with absorption. There are so many health benefits to turmeric curcumin and they're doing so many studies, but some of the things that I've read, first of all, it's a great anti-inflammatory. Remember, inflammation is sort of the enemy of the body. Inflammation in the brain has been shown to lead to more higher incidences of dementia and Alzheimer's. We all know that inflammation in the cardiovascular system can lead to cardiovascular problems. So I really try to do things that are anti-inflammatory. Plus I work out a lot and that creates a lot of inflammation. So I try to balance that. So turmeric curcumin also, it's been used in Indian medicine, obviously in, in Indian cooking and curry and all those things. But in India, and if you study any kind of uh, medicines from India, they've been using it for centuries for so many things. Again, it's a supplement and there's back and forth and you could find five studies to support and five studies to put it down. But a lot of studies that I've read have shown that turmeric curcumin is a powerful anti-inflammatory, could be very helpful cardiovascularly, could be very helpful to your brain as well. So that's something that I take. I also take a multivitamin. Now, there's a lot of stuff back and forth about multivitamins. I don't know. Every time the pendulum swings against it, it then swings back towards it. I eat pretty healthy, so I take a multi, but I don't take it every day. I take it every other day, a couple of times a week. That's just how I go because I also take a vitamin B complex, and so I don't want to take both. So I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to share with you what I take. So supplement-wise, I take every day, I take turmeric curcumin, turmeric curcumin for anti-inflammatory for the brain, for the heart, for the health. I take omega-3s, same anti-inflammatory, healthy for the brain, cardiovascular. I take garlic, same. These have blood thinning effects. So you want to make sure you check with your doc before you do them. And I make sure to eat healthy. In general, I eat a higher protein diet. 
I also occasionally do intermittent fasting. So at, at the time that I'm recording this on a Saturday, it's already 11 in the morning and I haven't really eaten anything, but I have consumed coffee. Now, coffee, good and bad, right? Now, a lot of people can't tolerate coffee, the caffeine. So if you can't, don't go for it. There's been a lot of studies that have shown that coffee is actually pretty good for you. Too much of it is not too good for you. I try to balance my coffee. I try to drink a good coffee. I like Italian coffee, so I drink Lavazza. I've cut back on my coffee and I have zero coffee after 2 p.m., which that was that was hard for me because I, I pretty much was addicted to coffee and I was drinking coffee pretty much 3, 4 p.m. It was impacting my sleep. So back to the sleep part, cutting down your coffee late in the day is a great idea. I do drink coffee and I do enjoy it, but I follow the Andrew Huberman kind of process and I don't drink coffee for the first 60 to 90 minutes after I've awakened. There's some studies on it. I, I, I probably will quote them wrong, but it's all about like your hormones and your brain chemicals and what happens when you first wake up. And that when you slam yourself with coffee, when you first wake up, it's not when your body actually needs the neat quote unquote needs the coffee, but that there's a certain balance that happens within some of the brain chemicals and some of the chemicals in your body, the hormones, et cetera, where after you've been awake for a while, that is when your body's actually more receptive to the caffeine and to the coffee to help you wake up. Now, for some people, coffee is not a healthy choice. So if it's not a healthy choice for you, skip the coffee. I drink it because there are some health benefits and I just enjoy a cup of coffee. I really do. I just love the taste of it and I love the flavor of it. So that's what I do. When I do eat, my first meal is usually protein. Usually I'll do something like four egg whites and an egg yolk. By the way, my person, personally me, now some people have cholesterol issues. My, my HDL and my LDL are at perfect, exactly where they need to be levels. My last few, the numbers were perfect. I forget them off the top of my head. I should have written them down, but I actually got a phone call from my doctor and uh, she said, I'm going to print your labs and show them to people because you're an example. So I, I got a gold star for my, my cholesterol. So I know some people have this like thought about eggs and how they affect you. So again, check with your doc if it's okay with you, but I'll usually do a bunch of egg whites and a couple of egg yolks. That's what I'll eat first thing. Put a little bit of hot sauce on that. I even sometimes mix in cottage cheese after I've cooked my scrambled eggs. I'll mix in some cottage cheese to get that extra protein boost because that's just great for me. Usually what I have for lunch is some type of protein with some type of vegetable. So I'll grill some chicken breast. I'll grill. I'm not a big fish eater. I just don't like the taste of fish, but I mean, I would eat it if somebody else made it for me, <laughs> but I'll usually eat like chicken breast or pork loin, you know, especially like the lower fat pork loin, very, very high in protein. Cook those on the grill. I'll eat those. Sometimes I'll have a couple of tablespoons of rice. There's a high protein pasta that Barilla, B-A-R-R-I-L-A, I think is how you spell it. Maybe I spelled it wrong. Maybe it's B-A-R-I-L-L-A. I get it here at Publix, but they have a high protein pasta. When you look at the ingredients of it, it's really pretty incredible. Sometimes I'll have a little bit of that, but I'll eat a high protein, kind of lower carb meals through, throughout the day. And as I snack, it's usually on walnuts or on pumpkin seeds. And I've got to tell you, when I've changed my eating habits to that, I find that that's helped me significantly. It's it's super good. Oh, by the way, there's also a, a decent amount of tryptophan. I forgot to say that in the pumpkin seeds, tryptophan helps you sleep a little bit. That's you know that's like why you, when you eat a turkey dinner, why you want to kind of crash out, right? So that's something that I do. I eat sort of my first meal is protein, and I usually eat two two and a half meals a day. Uh, quote unquote breakfast or lunch is protein, a little bit of carbs, 
vegetables all throughout the day. I probably eat one or two bags of broccoli and cauliflower as I eat through the day. So I'll mix it into my egg sometimes, or I'll have it with my lunch, with my protein and vegetables. And certainly at dinner, it's usually protein and vegetables. Now, here's my cheat that I eat every day. This is not going to be super healthy. This is probably unhealthy. Okay. But this is just what I do. My dessert, quote unquote, is usually the oatmeal. I know, and that that it doesn't sound that exciting, but for me, this is this is exciting, right? So I'll have my oatmeal with the the Truvia brown sugar and the cinnamon and the pumpkin seeds and the walnuts, and I love that. But from time to time, I will grab some sugar free Jello. I know it's not health. I know it's not a health food, so don't come at me. There's healthier versions of this, but I will grab a sugar free Jello. And they have this keto whipped cream, and I'll put that on there. It's very low in calories, and it's just my little bit of a cheat. It, it makes it it satisfies my sweet tooth. Not super healthy for you because nobody's saying that Jello is healthy. So I'm not recommending that for you. But I'm just saying, especially if you're trying to lose weight, it's a very low calorie kind of okay thing to do. This is just rich world. I'm not suggesting that you do that. There are some great desserts that are for especially if you're eating a higher protein diet, Halo Top, H-A-L-O Top. There, It's an ice cream, and I think for a whole quart is 300 calories. So if you're counting calories, check this out. A lot of bodybuilders, a lot of people that are kind of managing their weight loss, if they have that sweet tooth, Halo Top is very low in calories, higher, a little decently high in protein. Again, maybe not a super healthy food, but something that's great for you. If you're really just trying to go the health route, which is really what we're, stay away from the jello. This is just my, because I eat so, my, my son teases me. He says, I eat like a monk. So when I do my little bit of sugar-free jello and my little keto whipped cream, that's just my little treat that I give, give to myself. Hey, listen, you could be the richest person on earth, but if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. There are some great, tremendous quotes on getting older. And I, I got to go to this one. There's a couple that I really like. And I think uh, I think John especially will appreciate this being the huge baseball fan that he is. This is the quote I want to leave you with. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you was? Satchel Page. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you was? And you know what? What he's speaking to is mindset. Sometimes we talk to ourselves that we're old and we say, oh, I'm just getting so old and oh, it sucks getting old. Hey, let me tell you something about getting old. I was a pediatric nurse, y'all. I took care of very, very sick children and I saw a lot of very young people lose their lives. So I've got to tell you, if you're growing older, that is a gift. That is a blessing. You've been given that. Don't, don't look at that in a derogatory way. There are things that you can do as we age, to be able to be a little bit healthier, get some good sleep, make sure you're getting in that nutrition, check with your doc and see what supplements are appropriate for you. Watch your diet very closely and make sure that you keep a good mental outlook on, on what you do. I didn't even touch upon exercise because you know time's kind of running out, but I would tell you that other than diet, Physical fitness is probably the most important thing. I was just giving you some of my hacks, but they've been they've shown that lifting weights, doing you know anaerobic exercise, so aerobic exercise is about getting your heart rate. So that's you know running, walking, swimming, biking, Peloton, all that great for you, phenomenal, great circulation, decreases risk of Alzheimer's, great for your heart, all that kind of stuff. 
Lifting weights has been shown, especially as we get older, we need to make sure that we're maintaining and adding and keeping as much muscle as we can. It reduces injuries. It protects us if we fall, it protects us if we're in accidents. And the more muscle, listen to this, the more muscle you have on your body, the more your metabolism keeps chugging along. So if you have a lot of muscle, healthy muscle on your body, your metabolism has to go faster so that you're burning through all the bad stuff. You're burning fat, you're burning all that. So see if you can get, you know, after you've checked in with your doc, see if you can get on a weightlifting program, weightlifting exercise. If you don't like weights, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, pull-ups, those are great. Calisthenics are great. Walking is phenomenal. Do walking as much as you can. Get out in the sunshine, you know, make sure you're wearing your sunblock, but also make sure you get that sunshine in because that vitamin D is phenomenal for you. So We'll do another whole talk about fitness and working out because that's kind of its its own thing. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about diet, supplements, and sleep because that's important because you know what? We care about you here on Above Board with Candor Path. So I want to thank you so much for spending this time. I hope you've gotten a few healthy hints on how you can be healthy because remember, you ain't wealthy if you ain't healthy. Thanks so much. Make sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with a bunch of people because they need to be healthy too. Take care.